Well, hello everyone and welcome to our next edition of Riding the Storm Out. With us this week, of course, me and Dan Fisher here every week. And I know you'd like us to go away, but we're not. We're here forever. That is the definition of eternity, is riding the storm out with me and Dan. The definition of heaven is riding the storm out with me. Right? Uh, definition of hell is riding the storm out with Dan. I'm not sure where this is. Maybe this is perfect. Hey, listen, when the rapture comes with you, water my horses. I sure do. <laughs> right. We have John Guandola, former member of the FBI, former Marine, former you name it. He's probably been there. Nice There's no such thing as a former Marine. Can't That's hold right. a job. I've heard that. I've heard that. Usually by lughead, jughead, Marines. That's right. Yeah. But anyway, uh, and then we got Claire Lopez, former member of the Central Intelligence Agency. She is, what do you call them? Smart. Okay, that's it. Okay. And I knew I started with an S. She does have a physical brain. Yeah. I'd like to verify that. And then John Bennett, former Marine and former... There's no such thing. I'm sorry. There are former legislators, okay. no okay. former Marines. Recovering legislator. Recovering legislator. Now, am I still a Chicago Bear then? Can I show up in the locker room? Can I get down there on game day? Are you always a Chicago Bear? Is that... I, I think you're more like a cub. Okay. But, but anyway. That team, you <laughs> Yeah, All right. There were two things that we had didn't get to. We, we yes. have two subjects. One was, go ahead. Okay. Well, I, I asked these guys because they've been there. Uh, out of all the people who, and I know you can't speak for everyone, but just generally speaking, out of all the people who are in our government today, including Congress, what do you think is the percentage of those who really are for the people they actually are pro a republic? That was the question that we we were we were discussing two shows back. Two shows back. And John was trying to answer. You just cut him. I think I was wearing the same thing. Amazing. I think you were. You so were also as mindless. That's been explosion the dry cleaners. That's all the clothes I have anymore. So, yeah. all right, we'll start with you, John. Wait. So I want to say, you know, at the end of the uh, the, the show, I had mentioned one or two percent. And what I mean by that is, let's say uh, you have. Uh, 50% are would call themselves patriots, mm -hmm. but they're not taking any action yeah. or speaking out against what's going on, then, then they might as well be standing in the enemy camp because they've been right. neutralized. But uh, I bet you if I handed out a sheet of paper to every, every one of us, and I said, write down, and I, I think to your audience, write down the name of the out of the 435 members of Congress, the name of the members of Congress who are strongly constitutionally minded, they understand the principles of the Declaration, and they are truly conservative patriots defending America's founding principles. I think we would all write the same four or five names down out of 435 people, and, or out of 535, including the Senate, it's the same five people. And yeah. that right there. But the other piece I would say is the percentage is, is not as important as the fact that if we did have, let's say, um, 535 Dan Fishers or 535 Sean Bennett in the Congress and in the House and Senate, it would have a minimal impact. And this is important for your listeners because the bureaucracy yeah, the is controlled by our adversaries, by the adversaries and the key components of government. So I think that that is uh, the most important point, but there is still yeah. a significant amount of uh, adversaries for liberty inside our government. And, and could I add, and John may want to chime in on this, it's the same at the state level. I think I would give the same percentage when I was in the legislature and serving there with John. And I would also say 
But it's not the legislature that actually runs the state. It's the agencies, the bureaucracy. Right. Yeah, well, it's just a bureaucracy for sure. The state level, uh, federal level, it's all the same thing. It's just uh, a big cesspool yeah. of, of, of folks that are uh, detrimental to our republic. You know, a colleague of ours, a uh, friend of ours, uh, Trevor Loud, uh, he did a report. In the last report that he let loose of, he said 65 most easily identifiable communists in the United States Congress today, 100% Democrat. Now, and he sourced everything on why he says this. So I agree with him, but I would also add to that, uh, he's probably not looking at the Republicans, but he should. Uh, if he did, we'd probably see just as high numbers there as well. And I would even say that today, uh, unfortunately, I don't believe we have a two-party system, Democrats and Republicans, because there's really not much difference between them. I would boil it down to uh, patriots and traitors. And if you're not fighting for our constitutional republic, then you're a traitor. And, and it needs to change because we're losing this republic. And I would even go down a little bit farther and say that pastors, uh, sheriffs, uh, community leaders, they're not doing what they're supposed to do either. Because of that, we have almost completely lost what's going on. So as far as lost this country, this republic, the only way to get it back is through a radical change uh, at that level, the ground level first, because those weakless, weak, spineless people in Washington, D.C. and our state legislature, they're going to go with, with, with wherever the momentum is going. We've got to take that back. And whatever furthers their careers and their aspirations. They're very self-preserved. Yeah. Claire, let me ask you a question because you've been in this particular agency. But I, you know, I think we all were under the impression that at one time when somebody ran for Congress or was in some capacity in Washington, that there would be some degree of investigation behind the scenes by the FBI or someone to find out for sure whether they were actually playing for our team or not. Our, we've talked about 1% or 2% of 535. We, we've seen personal testimonies from even in our own state legislature, the most conservative state in the union, yet we can't seem to get anything really monumental accomplished here. Are, are people really just not genuine when they run for office or are they tainted after they get to D.C.? And if so, how? This is just your opinion, I know. No, some of both. Um, but to the first question about are there any kind of background checks, mm -hmm. short answer, no, there aren't, not for running for office. And so you've got people who actually get into office, uh, have romantic liaisons, let's say, with uh, Chinese spies who have uh, Chinese intelligence, um, you know, running their office uh, as office manager. They called them a chauffeur, but they were really the office manager. And even after that happens, there's no consequences. Nothing happens. Yeah. Uh, and some of those people whom we can all think of remain on very sensitive um, congressional committees. So, uh, for example. Um, and their spouses are able to get insider tips and go out and buy a lot of stock before certain things are passed in Congress. Maybe. Sure looks that way in some cases. Yeah, yeah. Um, so are they are they corrupted before or, or after? And I said both, right? So I think some of them run for office in the first place without the right intentions, maybe we'll say. Um, 
And others do have the right intentions, maybe when they start out, but once they get inside the system and they find out how that system works, you know, mm -hmm. the requirements for raising X amount of money, or you don't get the committee assignment that you're looking for, yeah. and so forth, or you don't toe the line on this vote, that vote, or the other vote, you don't get the committee assignments that you're looking for. Um, and that changes people. Well, one of the things that you guys have emphasized since you've been here that I think our pastors and all of our viewing audience needs to recognize is that the answer is not going to come from Washington, D.C. In fact, you do a presentation oh, no. at our pastor's conferences all day. Yeah. And the answer is going to come at the local level, working our way out. And reality is it was always designed to be a certain tension between the state governments and any federal government. And there should have been a zealous protection of what your area of responsibility was. But that's not the case anymore. And Washington is not going to be the solution. So with us, obviously, we're still going to vote federal elections, obviously. But we have to be active at taking back our counties and taking back our states. And the states are who did create this beast that we now call yeah. Washington, D.C. And the states and governors like DeSantis, boy, where are more Ron DeSantis's? We need more states that are functioning like that to try to rein in some of the federal overreach. Now, before we run out of time, once again, and it's because he just talks, talks, talks. I just can't get him there to be quiet. We know about we know about Davos. We know about the Great Reset. We know about you know I I've likened it in our conversation to like a, a a table full of mob bosses all vying for more power in restructuring control of planet Earth. But we've got uh, atheists there. I would say Klaus Schwab would probably be either a Satanist or, my opinion, Satanist or an atheist. Then you've got the zealous Islamists that have a seat at the table. And you've got, you know, devout communists that are certainly atheists, but, you know, worship themselves or government. You got, so you got Red China, and it used to be Soviet Union was the big boy, big boy, and, and, and Red China was second fiddle. Now that's, I guess, flipped. But you've got communists, you've got atheists, you've got Islamists all sitting around the table, all targeting liberty, targeting Christianity. How does this play out? How do they, how do they associate, and who wins ultimately at the end of the day from your political perspective, from your professional perspective. Begin with you, John. So I think uh, I'll just talk about America. Okay. If citizens at the local level, the okay. county level, in counties across the United States decide that we are going to put freedom back on the offensive where it belongs, we're going to flush these people that you just described that are part of this cabal, any of their influence in any of their organizations and any of them, we'll flush them out of our county. And we're reestablishing a Republican form of government, which means eventually putting Bibles back into schools and teaching the real founding principles um, and and doing that. Counties that do that will live in a community that's free. Those that do not won't. And I think it comes back to that. And so as counties uh, join and that grows, you're going to have parts of the country that are living in free you know, under local governments that, that are promoting liberty and free market economy and prosperity. And those that are, well. And they'll flourish. Take a look at the states, yep. California and Florida, as an example yep. of two opposites and the results. Yep. Claire, what are your, what are your thoughts? Um, I'll, I'll, I'll zoom out for a moment. I think John is exactly right about, about where the future lies in, in re-establishing this, this republic of ours, and it is at the local level. But, but let me zoom out just to get back to more your question. Um, 
these international organizations like the World Economic Forum, like the United Nations, like the World Health Organization, go on and on. They think of themselves and they exist on another plane of existence <laughs> uh, than, than most of the rest of us. And what I mean by that is that they think of themselves as globalists. They think of themselves as supranationalists. And I think most of us still think of ourselves um, as citizens of Westphalian system again, international, uh, you know, the nation state system, uh, citizens of a sovereign country where we decide, you know, how we, we are going to, to, to shape our own futures. But these who, who seek to establish a globalist form of government that supersedes the nation state level, the local level, uh, are, are grasping for that power, but with the assistance uh, of some of the greatest powers on earth to include uh, those who are seeking to establish new empires for themselves. Number one, Russia, of course, obviously, and China. I would say those are the two um, that, that we think of them as countries, but, but they think of themselves as aspiring globalist powers and they've infiltrated, in particular, the, the, the Chinese Communist Party has infiltrated all of these supranational um, organizations that I just named. And they've got their people inside of every one of them. I'll just name one at the, at the World Health Organization. You've got uh, Tedros, Gabriel uh, Cesadano uh, Tedros, who's heading the WHO. Where does he come from? He's a, he's a, he's a communist out of the Tigray People's Liberation Army of Ethiopia which is Chinese connected, Chinese Communist Party connected, and who put him at the head of the WHO? Well, China did. So you've got, you've got those forces trying to obliterate uh, the nation state sovereign global system and the rest of us trying to preserve it. Well, wow. so I would agree with both. I mean, two great looks at what we're facing today. So I would, I would bring it back down to uh, a local level. Outside those 18 innumerable powers that were given to the federal government in our Constitution by our founders, which think about it, this nation has lasted this long on this Constitution, the Bill of Rights, the Declaration, all these things, this was divine and divinely put into place. And that foundation was God's Word and God's will. And the farther away we get from that, the weaker we become. And it's all being attacked throughout history and even even now with all this entire cabal, they're attacking the foundation of this family. Why? Because if they take it away, it crumbles or it can be replaced. Communism, Marxism, Sharia, you name it. And they're all gunning for that same goal. And until we get back to who we truly are as a Christian nation, as the Bible says, uh, blessed is the nations whose God is the Lord. Our God, this God, made this country. That's what it was founded yeah. on. We've got to stand up and fight for it and get back to that. So until we do, all these, the, the World Health Organization, the Islamic movement, the Communist Marxist movement, they're going to continue to be successful. Yeah, but it's got to start, yeah. right? Yeah. Can I say something? Because we're out of time. I really believe that if we listen to all of this, if we're not careful, we just become so depressed. Because these are big powers. You just mentioned them, Claire's. That ultimately, John, we just kind of say, how could I s defeat the Islamic State? Well, we can't. So I think this is why it's so important that every individual refocuses on who they trust. You trust in global government. 
Do you trust in your national government? Do you trust in your state government? Or do you trust in God who's over the whole thing? And ultimately, we've got to look at the sovereignty of God. If you go back to our framers, John, they weren't all perfect. They didn't even all claim to be born-again Christians. But guys like George Washington recognized that ultimately, even Ben Franklin said it, it's undeniable that the hand of God moves nations. And ultimately, if we look at all of this, we can just be so overwhelmed. And I would just encourage us to remember, and I know we all do, that ultimately God's still on his throne. When you read the book of Revelation, he's still on that throne. And ultimately, that is our hope. We've got to, we've got to tackle these things and we've got to talk about it and we've got to preach about it. We've got to also remind people that ultimately this is the things that the hands of God. That's good. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to say, I, I find that when we talk to audiences, and I asked them, are you aware that at the time the Constitution was ratified, every state constitution mm-hmm. in the United States required a public proclamation of faith in order for Christian faith to hold public office. And what I find is somewhere between 99 and 99.9% of the Americans, including people who identify as Christian patriots, do not know that. That's exactly right. And my point is, either... George Washington and John Jay and John Adams and uh, the governors of these states and the legislatures understood our foundation incorrectly, <laughs> or today we did. Yeah, somebody's wrong, and it ain't, and we're not right. Yeah, yeah. right. In other words, yeah. today the way our, we're functioning is incorrect, and until what John said, our foundation of our law and government is the natural law, the yeah. law of nature. And Holy Scripture, according to the law that the founders used at the time they wrote the Declaration. And we have to understand. Two opposing views of the same thing cannot both be right. That's right. Uh, Slide, you're going to add to your presentation, John. Robert Winthrop was the Speaker of the House in 1848. The Nancy Pelosi, I hate to use that term, 1848. The exact opposite, but he made the speech. He was actually better looking. He he was from Massachusetts. Actually, a good speaker from Massachusetts. But made the statement that people must be governed somehow, either from a power from within or from a power without, either from the Bible or, the or by the bayonet. And our form of government with, with a limited civil government is dependent upon us being able to be self-government. That's exactly right. The framers said that. They actually said it. And that's where we're at right now. The globalists, whether it be the totalitarian Muslims, whether it be the communists, whatever, they want to create subjects. They don't want us smart. They want us dependent and weak uh, that they can feel. Because they don't believe we're the image of God. That's exactly. They don't believe. Our founders believed that we had to be educated, that we had to be moral. Adam summed it up when he said, our constitution will only work for a moral and religious people. Wholly inadequate for the government of any of them. Guys, how can they find out more about what your work is? Well, give us give us your website. So for us, understandingthethreat.com. And we uh, have our two-day into action program. Well, we literally will come in and train your community how to identify these kinds of threats in your county, how to flush them out, reestablish public form of government, teach you how to do that. And that's, quite frankly, that's our bread and butter. That's, what's that, that's what we've been working on. What's that website again? Understandingthethreat.com. Okay. So as we look at all this and things that we can control, we make a difference where you can make a difference. First of all, it begins with us. It begins with right. yourself and your family and your church and your community, and your county, and your state. Start here, start local, and work your way out. Anything else you want to add, Pastor? Oh, that's it. 
Brother, it's good to see you. It's good to see you, too. Great to have all Thanks, of you. Guys. This has been wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hope that you enjoyed these three very special broadcasts of Riding the Storm Out. Again, go to Understanding the Threat to find out more about John Guandola, Claire Lopez, John Bennett, and all the work that they do. And until next time, well, we, we're going to be in St. Louis this week, I think. Sure. Yeah, yeah. We're going to be doing yeah. a, a Liberty John. Pastors boot camp. Check our website out, libertypastors.com or libertypastors.org. We own both domains, but we've got conferences in St. Louis, Tulsa, Austin, and Coeur d'Alene this year. Yeah. So we're working our way through trying to make it a great Training black robust. That's right. That's exactly right. Black and we'll return to our low standard of content next time <laughs> in our next podcast. <laughs> Promise me you'll take a shower. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that. Great to have you. We'll see you next time for next week's edition of Riding the Storm Out. Until then, may God bless you.